0: empty.
1: Chariots rumble, and I can see the marching throng. The flurry of God's trumpets spells the end of sin and wrong. Regal robes are now unfolding, heaven's grand stands all in place. Heaven's choir is now assembled, start to sing amazing grace. Stand with us this morning and
2: sing this. Oh, the King is coming, the King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding, and now His face I see. Oh, the King is coming. Is coming, praise God, he is coming for me. Oh, the King, the King is coming, the, the King, is coming. King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding, and now his face I see. Oh, the, the King. Is coming, a king is coming. Praise God, he is coming for me. Praise God, he is coming.
3: know it doesn't matter how bad things get in our world even in our own personal lives and we're going to talk about that here in a little while but we always have that promise don't we that eventually if we're a believer or Christ follower that we have that day coming when we're going to see the king Amen? amen amen that is so true and we're grateful for that we're grateful that we can come together on this day and worship and worship that king who is king Jesus thank you again for being here for taking time out of a schedule of your week and coming and making church and worship a priority. We appreciate everyone coming. If today's your first time to be at Sunset Hills, we especially welcome you as our, as our guest. And we're grateful that you chose to come here and worship with us, the King of Kings. If you haven't done so, we would love to get to know you a little better. You can text hi, a real simple way to that number up there on the screen to let us know. It's just a little bit of a, just give us some information. Or you can stop by the welcome kiosk out in the foyer and you can, they've got the old fashioned way of just paper and, and pen and using it that way to let us know who you are. And i tell you what I'll do. If you will let me know who you are and you'll give me your address this week, I'll do it. I used to do this all the time pre-COVID, and I enjoyed doing it. If you'll let me know, and you may say, well, now for sure I'm never going to tell him my address, but if you will let me know, I'll bring you some bread this week on Tuesday night. All right, sound good? well now wait a minute i want to make sure i get this right it's not for everybody it's just for those people who've never been here before but if you've never been here you just uh you just uh let me know your address and information and i'll bring you some bread all right let's get con- yeah, you guys got a great job on that we're gonna can i've listened to the to the song set this morning it's not just a song set you know really you were praying it that it's inspired words of God set the music that just, it will prepare your hearts for worship as we participate. Let's sing.
2: Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? let me tell you about my Jesus do you feel that empty feeling cause shames done all know it's stealing and you're desperate for some healing let me tell you about my Jesus sing
1: with us we you know the song
2: he makes a way where there ain't no way rises up from a Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. Hallelujah. Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and His grace is free And the good news is I know that He Can do for you what He's done for me Let me tell you about my Jesus And let my Jesus change your life Hallelujah
4: Hallelujah
2: Price for all my guilty. Who would care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus. soul, oh,
5: He makes a way where there ain't no way.
2: Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that He can't save. Let me you about my Jesus. His love is strong and His grace is free. And the good news is I know that He can do for you what He's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life.
1: continue to lift up the name of Jesus. Lift it up high. Sing along with us. Great song that came from the 80s. I still can't shake it. That Maranatha era. Lord, I lift your name on high. Sing along with us this morning.
2: So glad you're in my life I'm so glad you came to save us You came from heaven to earth to show
0: Teach me.
1: of time that, God, you reached down into the dirt. You created us in your own image. God, ever since that day, you've been molding us and shaping us, God, to be in your likeness. So, Lord, today, I just pray that you would continue to mold us, to shape us, God, fill us and use us and empty us out again and fill us again and empty us out and and fill us, God. My prayer is that 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 is what today is about. God, if if there's one who's never recognized that their life is created to just be a vessel to outpour your goodness and your love and your mercy and, and grace and all those things that are amazing, that you have allowed us the attributes of sharing with your son, Jesus. God, I pray that today could be their day, that they would say yes to you, or maybe there's somewhere here, God, who just is not living to the greatest of their potential that you've called them to. God, I just pray today that they would just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I have somehow made a mess of my life, but God, I I wanna be used by you. Speak to us through these words that you've inspired, Pastor Steve, and and anoint this time. Let it speak directly to our hearts, and let us honor you in everything that we do. We love you, Lord Jesus, and it's in your name that we pray this morning. Amen. You may be seated today.
3: So I'm wondering... So I ask you this question, have you ever been involved in a planning process of some major event? You've been working hard to accomplish it. I, I was involved with one last night in a wedding, and I tell you, a lot of planning and effort goes into preparing for a wedding ceremony. Don't you love it when a plan comes together? Don't you? Yeah? Yeah. I'm talking about when you really put some thought into the planning process. and Maybe it's like, if it's like a project or something, you get the materials and the resources, how you plan to utilize those resources and it comes together just like you envisioned it would. Or maybe when the plans include people resources and everyone does their job to the best of their ability, accomplishing the tasks that were assigned to them, then when you see that everything is actually coming together just as you planned for it to happen there's a great sense at least there is for me of exhilaration that that begins to take on when you see this is really working all this preparation all this work all this that now I see it's unfolding just like it's supposed to it's a great feeling anybody know what I'm talking about do you? Gosh, I'm not sure. Maybe all your plans have failed because you're kind of quiet this morning. So if if your plans have failed, I'm really talking to the right crowd. You know, I tell you, it's been a little over two months ago that I started a DIY project at my house to renovate a bathroom here's a picture of what it looked like before a a 1961 original bathroom that we hadn't touched for well it's been painted a couple of times don't you love this color scheme you know it's great you know and 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 it's it's this ceramic tile is is the old-fashioned thick set you know it's concrete really And it was a it was a a challenge getting this out to demolish, and not just to demolish, but to discard, to get rid of. We were putting it into buckets and handing it out the window. And and Lynn was a real trooper in this. And you know, I would load up the buckets, no more than six pounds, and carry it. She would carry it out. No, I'm teasing. She actually did twelve pounds, and so you know. But it's a work in project progress. But I want to tell you, it's been a nightmare. It's been terrible, hard to tear out. The portion I decided to hire out ended up being a major mistake. I was going to do all of this all by myself, even setting the tile in the new in the new shower and I thought I, I've set tile before I thought I could do this and felt like I could I had to watch some YouTube video on how to do this and so I you know I became an expert on getting using this this system that we paid a lot of money for but I decided you know it right at the last minute let's just bring somebody in and see what it would cost us to hire a guy to set the tile and and do it right what a mistake I wish I'd done it myself. I mean, it cost money to bring this guy in, and I was watching, and you're not doing it like the YouTube said do it. I even took the, the iPad in there, and I said, you need to, there was a little bit of a language barrier, and I said, you need to just look at this. You know, you're not cutting the, pay, the, 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 the material like you're supposed to. And I said, put this uh, glue in there. And he said, oh, you want me to cut it? I said, yes, I want you to cut it. I'll cut it if you want to. No, I want you to do it right kind of deal, you know? So it's like, I come walking out of there, and says, I'm sorry. I you could tell the look on my face. But I'm still not done. I mean, my own stupidity has cost at least $650, at least, of mistakes that I've made some of the materials I bought to build some cabinets with from a, a, a big box store has been substandard. I, I took pictures of it, took it to the, back to them, and they said, oh, yeah, that's a problem. I said, He says, you want to bring it back? I said, well, I've already built the project with it. It's too late to bring it back. He said, well, I'll give you some money back. I said, really? Okay, good. That's great. I'll take the money. He gave me half back. I should have gotten all of it it was so substandard the house has been dirty for these two months not that Lynn hasn't tried to clean it up but you know how you can't keep a house clean when you're in a construction project I could go on and on about how this this project has just been a nightmare and I'm not done yet I still got a lot of time that I got put into this if you if you've ever had a construction project go bust then you know exactly what I'm talking about. Any amens on that? Amen. Yeah. Sometimes our plans don't work out. Sometimes things go terribly wrong. In fact, it seems to be more prevalent today than in times past of just how difficult it is for everything to go as planned. And what starts out with a great vision often goes wrong. I mean, just, I mean, the staff and others had put some time into just a couple of fun nights uh, really one fun night of just some water activities and what we do we didn't have it because there was water caught falling from the sky so you know it's like okay we can't do the water activities when we're getting wet because we're afraid to do the activities because it's raining and we're going to get wet so go figure that right So today's sermon is what to do when things go wrong. It's the second in our series of what to do when. We have all those times, right, when things don't go right. Now, there are times when unpleasant circumstances just, they come up as a result of our own stupidity. I've already talked about that. Maybe it was because you were careless, or maybe you didn't take the right precautions to protect yourself, or maybe it was just a conscious wrong decision, wrong choice that you made that led to your own demise. I, 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 I had one of those mishaps in this a remodeling of the bathroom. One of the things that you do when you remodel the bathroom is you're supposed to plug up the hole where the toilet sits. You know what I'm talking about, the drain hole? And for most of this project, I did. Uh, We started tearing it out. I stuffed some paper towels down in it, thought that would keep everything out of it. Except for a brief moment of time, it was covered up. And it just happened to be during that time is when I looked down there and the paper towels that I stuffed in there were gone. I don't know where they went. They just got sucked through the sewer system somehow. And you know what happened? Yep, some of that concrete fell right into that hole. I mean, it's like somebody was just a perfect shot right into that hole. I counted three pieces that I saw fall in there. Now, I was able to retrieve one of those pieces using some stuff out, and, and uh, but I, I, I just, I couldn't quite do it. So I decided that I needed somebody to come and help me because, well, just here, take a look. Here's a picture of <laughs> My wife. <laughs> sticking her hand down, and what kind of husband would do that? Isn't that the truth? Isn't that terrible? (laughs) That's what grandkids are for? well my arm was just too big right here to go down in there and (laughs) that sounds like a good excuse doesn't it it just wouldn't fit and Lynn's would and so she went after it and she got two of the pieces out but guess what there's still one down there (laughs) i had to hire a plumber to come get it he found it with a camera first it was just out of arm's reach you know 500 bucks for that five minutes Stupid tax, I think is what you call that, right? My own fault, I didn't do it. Oftentimes, however, I mean, we're the cause of it, but things go wrong when we don't do anything, it seems, to deserve the consequences. Sometimes we're hit by things that are just really nasty and ugly and downright cause tough situations. And when you get this feeling uh, just one more thing goes wrong, it sort of puts you right on that edge where you just, I just give up. I just can't handle it anymore. You didn't do anything to bring it on. It just seemed to happen. And one of the things uh, about the Bible is you can find examples of people who have faced many of the same type of circumstances that we do in life, and we can discover how they handled it that helps us when things go wrong. You see some great choices in these biblical examples. You see some great uh, uh, examples of how they have thought through the process or how God has walked with them during those tough times and how they... uh, decided to follow his leadership but you also see times when they've abandoned God and tried to do things on their own and 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 solve the problem without him and and that never ended up in a good situation today however we're going to look at a man who praised God when some really bad circumstances came his way and how he chose to handle it I think you probably already know who I'm going to talk about right his name is Job Job we can learn a lot by watching him seeing how he did things and maybe as we watch him and discover in this story that you probably already know well we can see for ourselves what to do when things go wrong would you again join me in prayer father we're grateful for this day we're grateful for as we can look in examples of the past in scripture and we can see Great men of faith, women of faith, who have chosen to follow you, and Father, we also can see those that made a lot of mistakes, and we can learn from their mistakes and how they turn back to you, and you bless their lives. And we also see this man Job, who didn't seem to do anything wrong; he seemed to do everything right, and yet trouble came in his life because we fight a common a- enemy. The same enemy that tried to interfere with Job's worship of you. Father I'm grateful for this time that we can talk about this and I'm grateful Father for those times that you walk with us and I just pray that you use this time to speak to our hearts. For someone here that's just struggling right now because so many things seem to be going wrong in their life that they will have hope and they'll walk out of here with a sense of knowing at the very least Which is really not least, it's a great thing to know that you walk with us during those times. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. The Bible describes the character of Job in the first five verses of chapter 1. If you want to read along in your Bible, you'll find it in Job, in that chapter in a land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them and when a period of feasting had run its course Job would make arrangements for them to be purified early in the morning he would sacrifice a a burnt offering for each of them thinking perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts and this as the Bible says was Job's regular custom So I want us to see exactly what his character is out of these five uh, five verses that we've been through. First of all, Job was blameless. This does not mean that Job was perfect because all people have sinned and even Job has sinned. But he was careful about how he chose to live and and that uh, he would not justify himself with moral failure. His reputation throughout the land was impeccable. He was without moral blemish, and everyone knew him by his reputation. So the Bible says he was blameless. He was upright. Job lived life according to God's standards. This was, uh, that kept him on the straight and normal. He feared God, he, he, meaning he had great uh, respect for God he Job did not take God or his commands lightly he honored God with his life he didn't obey God out of fear he honored God because he wanted to obey him he loved him he was obedient because of the love and respect that he had for God another thing that the bible tells us is that he turned from evil Job rejected all that was contrary to God's holy character. To put it in our language, Job turned sin away. And he had the strength of conviction to resist and reject sin. And one other thing that the Bible tells us eventually is that he has a wonderful family. He has health and he has great wealth. So he's a, as according to what what is said in verse 3. He was the greatest man, man of the East. So we see he's a wonderful father. He respected God so much that he loved his children, and we saw how in verse 5 he really tried his best to make extra sacrifice for his sons just in case they sinned against God in their hearts. not something we do today, but you have to admire his character here of how he was trying to lead his family. So Job was a man who was totally wholly devoted to God. By all accounts, he was what we would consider a good person. And It appears that all is going well. Maybe he sat down and planned all of this out, but it appears that all is going well in his life, and this devised plan is working just like it should. But things go wrong horribly wrong in this case satan is the culprit who caused things to go wrong in job's life the bible says that he and god satan and god were having a conversation and and satan gains permission from god to sift job figuring that the loss that he would create in job's life would cause him to curse god And Job goes through the two types of testing that we discover, the test of loss and destruction, and then the test of personal suffering. So let's uh, pick up in verse 13, and watch how this goes. You almost feel sorry for the guy when you read about all of this. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabians attacked and made off with them. They put servants to the sword and I'm the only one left who, was, who has escaped to tell you. So that's the first win. Win as in w-h-e-n, not a W-I-N. And while he was still speaking, Another messenger came and said, The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. So there's a second when or, or while. Here's still one more coming. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. So it's first his animals, and next it gets really personal with his family. While, again, here's another one, he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and said, your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at your oldest brother's house. When suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house, it collapsed on them, and they're dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head, and then he fell to the ground in worship and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away, May the Lord name of the Lord be what? Praised. Man, it's just one thing after another. I've known some people who have suffered similar situations or circumstances. Maybe not to this extent that Job felt it and experienced it, but yet losses... We're great. And I'm sure you know some people as well. There are people in this church who've been in very similar situations that, that it seems that Job has experienced. At least we can identify with how he was feeling when we experience that kind of loss, when things go wrong. So we understand that that's going to come about. What do you do when those times happen? Okay? Well, there's a step or a process that you really should be doing before. Now, I'm going to get into, once you're in it, here's kind of some things that you can do It comes from Bible teaching, but there's really a step that Job has done before he gets into that situation. It's a step that he's already accomplished way before any of this this bad has come up in his life, okay? And here's, here's what I want to say. Here's, here's what we see uh, happens with, with Job. Don't wait. Put yourself in this attitude. Put yourself in this position. Don't wait until things go wrong to get ready for when things go wrong. Don't wait until that happens. In some ways, it's almost too late, late by then. Things are going to go wrong. And you can count on it. Your plans are going to be thwarted. Sometimes they'll work out, but sometimes they don't. So get ready for a time when they don't. The old Boy Scout motto really says it. You remember what it is, Boy Scouts? Be prepared. Be prepared for when that time comes. You can't wait until you're in situations. You can't postpone some things and say, Well, I'm just going to wait. When that time comes, it's too late. Job had been preparing for what was coming, even though he did not know that it was coming. How was he preparing? By the way, he was living, being blameless. Living upright, fearing God, rejecting evil. And and you put all of those together, that's a pretty good combination of living a life of discipline that provides strength and stamina and preparation for a time when you need it. Because there is a time when you will need it. Job was preparing for this by the way he was already living. He gained strength by living a righteous life. So often, we take life as it comes, ignoring steps we should be taking along the way to prepare for the future. We take the attitude, well, I'll just cross that bridge when I get to it. I'll have my fun today and worry about the consequences tomorrow. You know, normally people don't start out with intentions of being unhealthy. Uh, Unhealthy habits of life don't bother you so much at first, although there are some things you can do in today's time that will get you just like that. But I'm talking about kind of the things that we just kind of start doing and we get into a habit of living unhealthy or doing things that are unhealthy Uh, And you all know I lost my brother, my oldest brother, uh, back in January. And, you know, Rick smoked pretty much all of his life. And he oftentimes would sit there with a big old grin on his face and with a cigarette in his hand. He says, well, you got to die of something. Well, what he didn't anticipate was how hard life was going to be those months and years before he actually died because of the choices he was making so we get into habits not just affect us health wise physically but affect us health wise emotionally affect us health wise spiritually and we get into bad habits of just kind of ignoring things until all of a sudden we find ourselves in a situation where things aren't going right and what that does it leaves us more vulnerable to more bad things happening because we haven't prepared for it ahead of time amen you know what i'm saying is that not right Sure it is. So we get into a situation where plans go bad. One of the best ways to be prepared for that is to prepare for it. So we see Job did how he lived. But now let's look at what about when you're in the mix when when those during those times when things are are, are going wrong. Well, I'll be the first to tell you that what I'm about to tell you isn't easy. I'll be just very honest with you. Everything in this seems counterintuitive to what a normal response should be. Actually, it's not what I'm about to tell you, it's what God inspired the Apostle Paul to tell us. How we're to handle things when plans go wrong, do these three actions quickly. Okay? First is be joyful. Pray and be thankful. What? When we're in a bad situation, I'm supposed to be joyful? Be joyful. The second thing to do immediately is pray. Be thankful. Hard. Amen. Absolutely. Yes, it is. It's not I'm not making this up, but this is what Paul tells us to do in First Thessalonians five sixteen eighteen, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in, uh huh, uh huh, give thanks in the good ones, give thanks in the bad ones, and hard ones, all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Here in this verse, the Apostle Paul is reminding us that in life we're going to get distracted and we want to focus on the problems and then that leads to another kind of process that when we begin to focus on the problems, the, the, the plans that have gone awry, we, we, the next step is, leads to possibly depression, discouragement, and we begin to worry about it. But instead of doing things that we, we're to search for joy, we're to be in an attitude of prayer. We're to give thanks in all circumstances, not just in the good times, not just in the happy times, but even in those times when everything is going wrong. What this really does, when we put ourselves in that kind of attitude, it brings us back to center where we can focus on Jesus. If you were here last week you might remember that uh the first action step that i said that we need to do in times of conf- confusion is this recognize who god is get yourself back into an attitude of knowing who god is and and, and that's exactly what these three actions do, do they bring us back to understanding who god is Focus on Him by rejoicing, by praying, by giving thanks. When things go wrong, it's difficult to focus on God if you're not joyful, praying, and being thankful. It's hard to be focusing on our problems and on God at the same time. In fact, it's pretty much impossible. He said, be laser-focused, By doing these things, when you are focused on your problems, you know what the next response is? Your emotions start taking over. I can't trust my emotions. And probably you can't either. I mean, haven't your emotions gotten you in trouble in times past? And you've caused you to make decisions that you immediately regret? So don't focus on the emotions of the moment. Rejoice in the relationship that God has allowed us to have with Him, and talk to Him in prayer for His help to walk with you, and then be thankful. And that brings us back to being able to focus on God rather than our emotions. And that puts me in a position of doing the next step, is being able to see the problem more clearly and understanding what the rest of this verse says. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you don't do this part up here, it really gets difficult to do this here what this is your plan God this is your will to focus on him will I see his revised plan for my life maybe maybe not there are times when God doesn't reveal his plan to us maybe for some time or maybe for never maybe we don't understand that's really up to God And our ability to lean on him during the process to understand it. He goes on to say this is not just some suggestion or some good advice. But rather it is the will of God. Let's go back to the story. Look at Job verse 21. He says this, naked I came from my mother's womb. And naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised that's really what he's doing he's calling out to God and he's focusing and then he gets to a point to say I'm thankful I don't think Job understood all this bad stuff happening as it was going on but he has the right attitude In the midst of all this pain and suffering, he says, Thank you for what you've given me and blessed me with. I recognize that it all belongs to you, and I'm going to bless your name. Again, let me stress this. Getting to this point and having this kind of attitude doesn't happen overnight. And you cannot wait until you're in the mix of the situation to have that kind of attitude, to develop it. It goes on as a way of life that you've already established. Right under verse 21, Job says this In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrongdoing. Why did he not sin? Why did he not charge God with wrongdoing? Because, first of all, he thanked God for it. We get our eyes off of what's going on in our little situation, our world, and I don't mean to diminish it. I know there's some huge things that have happened. And I know there's some head-scratching like, man, I just, it just, I just can't seem to get on top of things. I understand that. Yet, if we stay focused on that, we lose sight of what God can do. There's somebody here that's going through that right now. And just spur of the moment this morning, he and I were talking. And he was telling me about where he is. And, you know, I asked him, I said, would you just mind coming up and spending about a minute Just sharing that with our people. I think it would be incredible for that to happen. So, Keegan, I want you to come up here. Keegan Hearn, where are you? I need a microphone right quick, please. He's coming. I asked Keegan how he's doing mentally with all of this cancer that he's going through this week. This week, tell them what's happening this week, and then just share what's on your heart. So thank, thank
6: you, Pastor Steve, for uh, giving me a moment and, and checking in on me like you have. Um, tomorrow will be uh, my last scheduled treatment of chemo. Um, and uh, I uh, when he asked me how I was doing mentally, I told him that uh, I'm kind of the person who... Uh, in a situation like this, there's only one way forward. You have only one thing to do, and uh, I probably haven't stopped to think mentally uh, how I do often enough, and so I, I appreciate him giving me the moment to, to do that. Uh, there's been many provisions and blessings in this, and the overwhelming lesson that God was trying to teach me and has been trying to teach me, because it's the hardest lesson that I've had to learn is gratitude, Um, being grateful, those things that you have absolutely no power over, that come your way, uh, that were not your doing. Uh, Every breath you take, every movement you're able to do uh, is God's will. And um, through this process, it's been difficult to have gratitude sometimes because maybe you're like me you fall into well I have good doctors and they know what they're doing and so of course everything went the way it should have Um, but recognizing that's not always the case that that's not the journey that other patients have had Uh, and to again be grateful for the path that you've been given so Um, I hope to take that lesson of gratitude uh, and be changed by it. Uh, One of the things that Sandy and I have wanted to do through this is to make the cancer the smallest part of the journey and uh, praise God that that's been the case. We've become uh, closer as a couple, as a family. Perspectives have changed. Um, and if we hadn't already loved this church before, we we love you all so much more because of the outpouring of community and support. And uh, there's really no words uh, to thank you for that. So, thanks,
3: Keegan. <clears throat> Father, we pray. For this treatment that comes up tomorrow, we pray that it is the last. And that medications and doctors and care- caregivers have prescribed the right kind of path here for this. We pray that you will do a healing in his body. We, we, while we have doctors and and ways of medicines and different things we know that when the healing takes place it's really you who's doing all of that healing so we pray for healing over keegan we're grateful for he and sandy's attitude in this and how they've demonstrated the attitude that job had in Not being grateful for the cancer, but being grateful for everything else that's going on around them, for their family, for the friends, for their church community. It's the right kind of attitude. We're grateful for that. We ask that you just do a major thing so that we can look to you and give you the glory for it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So they weren't sure when to come up. I ain't done yet. (laughs) I'll get close here in a minute. So, that was the first thing you do. Here's the next thing: examine yourself. Sorry, guys, I didn't prepare you for that. When things go wrong, God just might be drawing Himself to you, to Him, drawing Himself, drawing you to Him. Think about your life and see if God's trying to get your attention. Maybe to get you to see your problem from a different perspective, which is exactly what Keegan said. Now they see life from a different perspective. Maybe it's to challenge your Christian maturity and force you into a growth mode. I'll speak more about that in just a minute. Maybe you've fallen into a trap of thinking you don't need God, that you can handle the situation all by yourself maybe to get you to deal with a sin in your life that you're having trouble with now I'm not saying that every time something bad happens it's because you have some sort of sin in your life that God wants you to deal with but there's a chance it might be this is uh that kind of attitude it was what Job's friends were trying to convince him of you know it's what have you done to deserve this and he tried to correct them on it uh One of the greatest benefits we have as believers is to have the help of the Holy Spirit who walks with us and guides us and helps to call out things in our life that uh, helps us to mature and see things the way that God wants us to see. Here's what Hebrews says, Therefore, the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. In other words, listen As Job, it says, didn't blame God. We we should not blame God. We should listen to what the Holy Spirit is drawing us to do uh, and follow his leading. Don't let an attitude develop that's going to harden us toward God. Well, here's the next thing you need to do. And I already mentioned it briefly. Grow through it. As you go through it, grow through it. Allow God to teach you and develop some character in your life don't just experience the bad thing learn from it here's what uh uh, here's what we're told in scripture endure hardship as discipline it's not easy God is treating you as his children for what children are for what children are not disciplined by their father I had a guy walk up to me last night and he and he and he said uh, um Durham Durham I I know that name and he asked his questions like Are you kidding to your father? (laughs) Yeah. Tell me what person's not. Oh, I knew what he meant, you know. Was your father Paul Durham? And I, oh yeah. But I just had a little fun with that, you know. I'm kidding to my father. Well, here's what we're supposed to do. It's like... If you're not disciplined, everyone goes disciplined, and you're not legitimate, not true sons or daughters at all. Man, I remember some of the discipline of my dad, which really proved I was kin to him. Moreover, we all have human fathers who disciplined us as we respected, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for what? Our good in order that we may share in his holiness. That's what discipline is for. No discipline, it says, seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and a peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. It's an awesome passage. It reminds us what discipline is for. How God uses discipline as a teaching tool, showing us new things about ourselves and about God. Back to the story where Job says, Then Job replied to the Lord, this is in Job 42, 1-3, it shows us his attitude, I know you can do all things. My purpose of yours can't be thwarted. You've asked me, who is that that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. God is all in your hands. I don't know all of this that happened. I'm just, I'm just trusting you, which is the last thing I want to say. It's trust. Trust God. Wait a minute. That sort of sounds familiar, you might say, because wasn't that the last action step that you used last week? Exactly. And that's what we should do here. When you're confused, trust God. When plans don't work out, trust God. I think this may be one of the hardest areas to deal with when things don't go right. We must put our trust, full trust in God. Not just say we trust Him, but truly trust Him. One of the problems of this nightmare bathroom remodel happened on Labor Day. It's past Monday. That was Labor Day, right? It's been a long week. I've told you in times past about having a saw-stop table saw that is truly, in my shop, that is truly one of the greatest safety devices ever invented for a wood shop. In this device, it all, it sends, uh, there's this uh, module in it that sends an electrical current through, through the blade. And if that device senses a different current, the saw shuts down immediately. I'm talking about just in nanoseconds. A blade that's moving at 1,000 RPMs just stops way before we can ever imagine how quickly it is. So if you're sawing and you accidentally touch the saw blade with your finger, do you know that there are like three table saw accidents a day where people cut off their fingers in our country? It's amazing how many happen. So if you run your finger through the saw or touch the blade with your skin, it stops it. Well, I found this out on Labor Day. That's the device that senses what goes on a blade. Now, I did not run my finger through the blade. I didn't even touch it. Somehow it sensed a different... Uh, signal to it and it jammed this this piece of aluminum into this blade okay now what, what, what does that have to do with today's sermon well this right here do you know how the man who invented this tested this one day one time on live tv now normally they test it with a hot dog they do all these demonstrations and they'll have the table saw set up and there'll be a bunch of guys all standing around it and, and somebody who's demonstrated will take a hot dog and he'll lay it down there and as soon as it senses that, that hot dog being pushed through it, uh, it uh, jams up just like this. You know that's, You know, that's a pretty good demonstration of how it works. But I want to know after spending the amount of money I did for this saw, is it going to work if I get my finger into it? You know, I'm not worried about a hot dog. I'm worried about my fingers. So you know how the man who invented it, tested? it? He stuck his finger in it. A blade going 1,000 RPMs, There's a show that's called Time Warp or something like that that did it. And it showed it in slow motion. And he stuck his finger right towards the blade. And it worked! The first time it doesn't work, you know what's going to happen? The company's done. Because they can't make a guarantee anymore. Can, can i can tell you this now that i've seen this happen thank goodness i didn't stick my finger in it but now that i know what to expect just in case my fingers get too close to the blade i believe in this product but here's what i want you to know i mean you want you want to know what true trust is is when that man stuck his finger in this blade but you know what my god i can trust him much more than that man could trust sticking his finger in his blade Amen? I know I can trust God. He's never let me down. So when you find yourself in a situation where plans are not working out, trust God. Trust God. Maybe that. if that's the only thing you take away from this sermon, maybe it's enough to get you through it. Trust God. Say it with me. Trust God. Trust Him. Now would you pray with me? Now, worship team, you can come. Father, we know bad things are going to happen. We know plans are not going to go the way we want them to go. And Maybe there's somebody experiencing this right now. Maybe it's not us. One of the good things, one of the great things be about being part of your family is that when we are in community as the Hearns are and things aren't going according to plan, the community of God can rally around them and hold them up. We're grateful for that. And Father, also, more than anything else, we're grateful that we can trust you we know we can believe in what you're doing in our lives so for someone here Father that's going through that that time of things just not working out pray you speak through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit right now and let them know hey have I got your attention? That you're walking through those times with them to praise you ultimately trust you and pray if there's someone here that that's not happening in their life that today right now allow the Holy Spirit to speak into their hearts to get to that point to where they say I don't know what the next steps are going to be for my life but Father whatever they are I'm going to trust you I'm going to trust you maybe you're here this morning and you've never put your trust in Jesus for your personal Savior and Lord well really You can't experience all of this other of of Him walking with you until you take that step first, until you put your trust in Jesus to save you from your sins. Now, He still loves you, and He's still calling out to you, and He still wants you to, to be part of His family, but it's your choice. You start by trusting in Jesus, knowing that He came to this world to... To save you from your sins, He died. He gave His life to pay the sacrifice, the debt that you owe, so that you could have forgiveness. And I encourage you during this time: come and talk with me, or spend time talking to God in prayer, or find someone to talk with. Maybe you're hearing, "Man, life's a struggle right now because things just aren't working out." You know one of the best places to take that is in the altar and prayer. I'm going to encourage you to just be obedient to the Holy Spirit. We ask all these things and we do them in the name of Jesus as we stand and as we sing. Amen.
1: What can I give to you? What can I offer to you? King? For all the love. For all your
2: mercy over me I called your name You heard my cry Out of the grave And into life My heart is yours My soul is free Thank you God for saving God for saving me, the, the rock of, of
4: salvation.
2: salvation. My hope is built on
1: up this weekend
7: yes we do Uh, just reminder Friday uh, we'll be at Horton Haven and so uh, registration is at five o'clock but uh, also I wanted to mention about our um, men's Bible study and Kevin do you have the clip go ahead and run it real quick it's just 30 seconds guys while there
1: are many important relationships in a man's life none deserve more care Focus and investment, that is, relationship with his wife. You are
7: your biggest enemy to your own marriage. You're committed to your wife for life till death do us part. All right, so whether you've been married for a year or fifty years. I believe we do have some of you guys have been married fifty years in here. Sixty. Sixty, yes. Yep. Which is really impressive.
3: Plus. Sixty plus.
7: Sixty plus. I know for a fact that marriage is hard. Hey, and I was not blaming my sweet, loving wife. But of all the series of this authentic manhood, I would tell you, man and his marriage was probably the most impactful for me because I realized that if I was going to make our marriage better, I would have to change and after 28 years you know, old dogs can learn new tricks, so I encourage you to come to the Men's Bible Study, it starts September 20th, 7pm here, and if you're free at dinner, we have a group of guys who get together at 6pm I usually send an email out for that. But uh, I believe that not only will you build new relationships, but I think that you'll find some useful, useful help here in preparing for marriage. All right?
3: You have now discovered why it is that I keep my wife back there behind a con- computer screen inside of a box. I would never say the things I say about her with her standing behind me. It's just... <laughs> not going to happen.
1: All right. Hey, we have several really great things coming up. Uh, I want to talk about women's ministry just for a moment. Um, There are several things coming up on the calendar for women's ministry, but the one I want to talk about here this morning is the fall door hanger class. And um, I can tell you, um, the Durham family is very talented in their craftsmanship. But Emily, Emily is so talented. She's going to be coming and leading this class. uh, If you would like to... uh, if you've always wanted to be crafty but you weren't or you just are and you want some new ideas, this is really going to be a great time. The ladies are coming together. Fifty-five bucks and you're going to walk away with a door hanger. And uh, I promise it's going to be amazing. I've never seen anything that Emily's led in or, or, or done that that wasn't amazing. So I would encourage you to come and be a part of that. Um, also, Pastor Mike is out, but he wanted me to make sure to remind you. You guys did a really great job last week of stepping up for the light and the dark trunk or treat. Um, October 26th. Hey, this is just an opportunity for us to share the light of Jesus with our community in a fun way. I mean, kids um, love candy and um, it's just an opportunity for you to come and and, um, there's a a big poster out front and several of you have already filled out spots of where you would volunteer to be a part of this trunk or treat. There it is right there. Uh, But we still have half of those spots Remaining, and we need all of those filled uh, for this to be as effective as we want it to be uh, for the community. So, again, this is a community event, an outreach event, and we encourage you to be a part of that. Hey, I have a a personal um, video that I want to show you guys, and I have an invitation coming up right after it. We'll roll that video.
5: Hey everybody, this is Isaac Moore. I sing with the inspirations, and I just want to tell you about an event that's going to be a lot of fun. It's called Camp Meeting at Cane Hollow, and I'm here at Cane Hollow right now. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. A lot of great things go on here for the ministry of the Lord, and just wonderful things are happening. Uh, We got something coming up in September, September the 24th. We're going to do something that's kind of reminiscent of times past, uh, old-time singing and dinner on the grounds. Dinner's going to be at 5 o'clock. Singing's going to be at 6 o'clock. And the inspirations are just looking very much forward to coming out here and putting on a good old-fashioned, good time of gospel worship with you. And we want you to be with us. Uh, It's going to be great food. going to be, hopefully, some great singing. And uh, just want everybody to get behind it, come support it. We're going to have a wonderful time. Again, that's September the 24th, camp meeting at Cane Hollow. Dinner at 5 o'clock, singing at 6 o'clock. Come see us. It's time in heaven, Salvation has been brought down. No wonder the angels and all. My sins have been covered by the crimson flow, and now I'm feeling fine.
2: I'm walking in the highway built by love. My name's written down in the courts above. All
1: outside. right, so you may have seen a poster about this. Um, and the reason I wanted to bring it up is uh, we had promoted this in life groups, but I, I realize that everyone is not a part of a life group. You ought to be, though, I will tell you that. But if you haven't uh, heard about this in life groups, um, this is the camp that our students will be going to. In October Um, it's in Smithville Tennessee if you don't know how to get there it's not a problem because we have a chartered bus actually that's leaving this parking lot at 3 o'clock on the 24th and you can sign up to be a part of that we have about 10 spots left on the chartered bus and we want every single seat to be filled and this is just an opportunity for folks that have supported um, our student ministry in that camp um, to just come out and, and have a fun evening, a date night or you can bring your whole family um, I know last year the Sinners and the Meltons came out and joined us for dinner and a worship service during student camp and uh, they said man it would be really neat if other people could come out and see what our students do and so this is your opportunity to do that, it's a free event, there's no cost, Dairy King is catering this so the food's going to be awesome and uh, we encourage you to sign up, sign up sheets are out front, that's all I have for you So uh, if you will, stand as we close in worship. Lord, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to God, once again be in your presence and Lord, uh, we do know that that from time to time we do get in situations where we just don't know what to do. Bad circumstances surround us. God, thank you for that uh, encouraging message this morning that God, if we could just be joyful and and, in constant prayer and and have a a mindset of gratitude, uh, God, that it will help us just get through things so much easier. Lord, we thank you for each and every person that's here and the the families they represent. Lord, we thank you for the mission field here in Nolensville that you've called us to. Let everything that we do, God, uh, bring others to you in glory to your name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Have a great week, everybody. Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what, we would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this. From your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us, and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.